This is the Fairly Awesome Podcast, the only podcast where it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the video again. Yes, precious, it gets the video again. I'm your host, Nate Bushing, and joining me this week is Chris Keen, Ryan McDowell, and Stoughton Wade. So how's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. Yeah. Buffalo yeah. Bill reference. I, I'm doing pretty good already. Yeah. I, I like to bring them in early just uh, so you can stay nice and relaxed and rub the lotion in real good. <laughs> yeah. Lighten that off. Yeah. Now it's uncomfortable. Yeah, now it's uncomfortable. That's the <laughs> point where we draw the line. But that's okay. where we like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a jam-packed show this week, so we'll get right down to it. So Hollywood just like to give us that nice little bitch slap because it's the tail end of summer and uh, they left us with bat fleck. It's like a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Holy God. Are you sure it wasn't Matt Damon that did it for you? You know, honestly, uh, Matt Damon as Matt Damon and Team America World Police would have made a better Batman than Ben Affleck. I, I would take that. You would? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think Adam West's body, Ben Affleck, it does him justice. You know, the nipples aren't poking out quite as bad as they did in Mallrats, you know? It's, it's all right. That's good. What do you guys think, though, Ryan? Um, well, okay, so we found out that uh, Ben Affleck is going to be uh, the next Batman. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's what we're, we're referencing here. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the hilarity ensues of, of people making references. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one of 8,000 memes that popped up in a 10-minute period. You know, this could, be, this could be really, really, really bad as it's, as it's predicted, or it could be okay. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be epic. Mm. It could be okay, though. Um, you know, I hope it doesn't turn into a, a Green Lantern, you know, where you, like, you know, they try and do too You're much. Like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is gonna work. It's Brian Reynolds. Everybody, loves- oh, mm. shit. I think he's tried to play too many comic book guys. Actually, to be <laughs> honest with you, right? But Ben Affleck didn't really do so well in like Daredevil. Yeah, didn't, didn't really care for that movie. I don't know what you guys felt about that, but I will say that his more recent movies have have made me think that this might not be. <laughs> like flaming flame <laughs> terrible. They've already um, predicted this. It's writing the bomb down just as we go. Right. Huh. Like um Argo. I don't I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but not seen it. Uh if you if you haven't, it is a good one. It is good. He hmm. he does actually uh, you get to see some of, of Ben Affleck's uh, acting chops in yeah. that. and and he can play serious well. Can he do throat cancer voice? <laughs> I think he's going to differentiate himself as much as possible from that, though. He doesn't want to be Bale because then everybody would, you know, picture him as that. Then he's yeah. got a metric. He wants to probably step aside and give Henry Cavill the kind of younger Batman that. Yeah, but they're not changing the writing for him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they, they kind of wrote this all for. Christian Bale, and uh, they just couldn't afford him, right? This is, well, that's, I, I don't know, I'm not sure, we don't know the whole behind-the-scenes story yet, I'm sure it'll come out eventually, mm-hmm. uh, but we do know that, you, like you said, Argo, Argo was great, the town was pretty good, um, Gone Baby Gone, which he wasn't in, was fantastic too, and what do those things all have in common? He, his, his cheesy smile, creeping <laughs> me out. <laughs> No, he's looking like, into your soul right now. I hope you know that. Right. <laughs> just imagine this with the beard and all, with the bat mask. <laughs> right yeah, I know. I wish we could have had a really high-res photo. I, I, that way we could see each individual with a beard hair and we could pluck them. <laughs> but the, the thing that those all shared in common was that he was involved in the writing and directed every one of them. 
And I'm not sure that I've ever seen a good Ben Affleck movie that he wasn't involved at the front and back end of the production of. Mm, so, that's a good point. He's, yeah. he's doing a lot of directing lately, right? Isn't he is, that? And his, his directing is great. Phenomenal, Gone yeah. Baby Gone is badass. Yeah. Like Casey Affleck is legit in that movie. <laughs> and the town's good, and obviously Argo's good. Mm-hmm. But again, it's his material. Hmm. So do we think that with a different director, with a kind of big-name co-star, because he didn't have a big-name co-star in Argo, and I would argue he didn't really have a big-name co-star in the town either. Yeah. Um, people that maybe became bigger Yeah, uh, after the fact. But... We'll see if, I mean, this is my issue with this, is that we're all pissed off. Mm. Like, I heard about this at 10 p.m. Uh, when it was announced uh, that same day. It was like Friday, wasn't it? Like a couple Fridays ago or Thursday or something like that? I don't even remember. But it was like instant internet hatred. Oh, yeah. Meme crazy. Tumblr was bash fest. Pictures all over. entire 24-hour period where he got slaughtered. And then all of a sudden... Every single mainstream Hollywood person and publication went so pro Ben Affleck. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah, and like <laughs> yeah, soul. Was, yeah soul. It, it was yeah. amazing to me. Like you had previous Batman's come out and say, "Oh, he's gonna kill it." And then you had directors and uh, and all the different the people that normally I would respect saying, "Oh, yeah, Ben Affleck will be great," and I'm like. Who's paying you off here? <laughs> well, there's a lot of money involved, I'm sure. But, you know, I I, I teetered because I did the fanboy hate. I had the initial like, oh, what the heck? It didn't make any sense to me. And I'm like, I, I started to think back. I'm like, what what really didn't I appreciate Ben Affleck and or like see something and be like, oh, he was horrible. And that he's not, you know, I mean, he's not like an actor that I would have picked out of the hat. You know, there was, there was talks that Josh Brolin was in running for it and Ryan Gosling, but Josh Brolin to me, was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, he has that gravelly kind of voice. He can do the, the dark night sort of, um, continue the style. Yeah. He could continue that style. Christian Bale. He's about the age range. You know, you'd fit. He's a little older, but it's the problem that the, Dark Knight trilogy, the Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale trilogy was so good that maybe they should have made like a Superman Returns Batman movie where we were, where we were all like, oh, expectations were set man, low. This is so bad. So that yeah. when Man of Steel comes out, the, those of you that saw it, but like it got basically, even though it had some flaws in it, everyone was like, yes, yeah, Superman's back because they felt so good about it. Um, maybe they needed that like terrible movie instead of coming out and trying to. They've signed him to a multi-picture deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he's like what four four movies or something or something. His own trilogy. Say, isn't that the like? There's the rumor that's kind of questionable based on the source that DC yeah. is trying to do what Marvel's doing and signing people to. This, but, yeah, somebody I heard, heard. Yeah, thirteen film, which is insanity. Yeah. yeah. That's, that right there would kind of set off a few alarms and be like, "This, this is crap." It, it that's, sounds like that's a bad real. rumor. Yeah. Yeah, that's not real. Yeah, <clears throat> but. I mean, I, I would assume at this point, DC kind of has to be thinking along those same lines, seeing what's happened with Avengers and, and that line, that they got to get people on for several movies. Otherwise, they pretty much keep getting a new character and mm. we're back to rebooting the, every time. Yeah. You, you can't build up enough uh, marketing either, and, and yep. you know, yeah. either the reboots or you're, you're back to you know the original Batman 
horrible ending quintology there. Mm, Henry yes. Cavill has to be nervous. Yeah. Because if this is a bad movie, then his run as Superman is pretty much over, too. Yep. Because yep. yeah. they'll have to reboot him again. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, They're yeah. banking a lot. I mean, for, for him, like, I saw uh, Man of Steel, and it was good. I mean, I don't know if you, any of you guys have seen it since... You've no. seen it? No, I haven't no. seen it. Okay. It was really good. I'm a big fan of the Superman character. Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but it was really good as a movie. And, and I think it could carry like a second movie on its own. I don't, I don't know why they're doing it. It's more like they feel like Batman would boost the sales by including both of them together. Or they've always wanted to do this alien versus predator kind of have the mashup ever since Batman and Superman. It, you know, they've done they've done movies before where it's comic book movies and they've had Batman and Superman and they were all right, you know, I've seen a few of them and they were It's kind of it's bad. a it's a money hungry decision is what it is. Yeah. When when uh Disney started doing Avengers, they didn't come out with Avengers. Right. They came out with multiple mm-hmm. movies that built up to the point where you could have an Avengers movie. Yeah. For them to take a brand new Batman and not give him a solo outing to kind of get us used to the idea of Ben Affleck as Batman. He's going to have to share time with Superman. Yeah. And I'm, and then people are, nobody knows what the script is going to be. Yeah, exactly. But they're saying, well, this is going to take place in Metropolis. So we're not even going to see Gotham City, and they're just going to throw Batman in there, and how much, I don't know, it's just... To, you know what it sounds like to me? There's going to be, if they went that route, I'd, I'd hate that. It's almost like they'd go the Avengers route. They'd, they'd have Batman, or they'd have Superman as the main character in the beginning, and then you have Batman come in, and they have like a fight between them, and then by the third act, they've made up, and then they're working together against the enemy. You know, It's like, I don't want to have that again. That's going to happen. I know, and I don't want to have that again. That's that's the other thing. I mean, thing. like, even, even Avengers was sort of... It was that Iron way, Man yeah, yeah. As, as the main character. It's that angst, that Storm Norm group it, Interesting, stuff. though, I, Iron Man's... Really, Captain America's the main character. In Avengers? In Avengers. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. Because he's the one that tries to bring He's the Tony leader. Stark. The leader of yep. the group. And, yep. and I think that we, we we like to think of Tony Stark as the main character because <laughs> we all kind of like him. Yes, that. yes. Well, Tony, he steals the show. I mean, Robert Downey is, is what makes that movie and, thrive and that, in the comedic. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's the one that brings the ladies to the yard, so to speak, for that movie, too. You know, a lot of ladies like the... <clears> they're like, my Iron know. Man's better than yours. Yeah. Damn right. Damn right. It's Mine's better than yours. <laughs> he okay. could teach but, you, but he'd have to charge. If you speak more than that, we're going to have to be charged for that. Start <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the royalties. Okay. So uh, here's here's a couple of things. So Batman has to encompass a couple of things, right? Yeah. Whoever plays him has to be able to pull off the Bruce Wayne swagger. This is true, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to evaluate: <clears throat> Can Ben Affleck do that? I think on that side he's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think in that in that regard, I think Ben Affleck is, is okay. He uh, not the best I actually disagree because when I look at Ben Affleck, despite this handsome picture of him, <laughs> he's actually he plays kind of that tough Boston brawler better yes. than he plays like suave and sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was the problem with Daredevil is that Daredevil was supposed to be kind of uh it was like a lawyer right? yes I yeah mean, and he didn't have that smooth he didn't have that smooth kind of talking he, he doesn't he have still see dogma you know <laughs> dogma is actually a good movie but um ben affleck plays tough guys better than he plays smooth guys so and bruce wayne is not a tough guy batman's a tough guy mm-hmm. uh and okay so sure. then the the second thing that he's got to be able to do is 
physically represent Batman, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Batman is a big guy. Yeah. I mean, in all the comics, Batman was was I mean, he didn't have any mutant powers that made his his stringy bony arms, you know, suddenly <laughs> superhuman strength. I mean, he was just a big <clears throat> physical guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, we can take some but we can look at it and Michael Keaton not a big guy. Not a big guy. Yeah, no, no. Hold that off. A lot of people were happy with Michael Keaton. Yeah, as absolutely. Batman. Well, they used the the dark cape and they kind of you know covered him up a lot right. in those so he, scenes. He was definitely stuffing the packs. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, they had the. He skipped just They didn't put the, put the <laughs> nipples on until yeah. much later. Yes, yes, that was the Kilmer. Okay, so can he pull off? Um, the, sort of the physical side of this. Yes, I I say yes, just because he's a he's a taller guy. You know, he's you put him next to Matt Damon, like we had him in the other picture. Obviously, that's not. But you, you look at him; he is a taller guy. He's kind of built. He's not like big and muscular, but that's not something I think that's out of the realm of possibility for him. You know, like I I could see him beefing up for the role. Like he he looked good as Daredevil in the costume. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say he played the part well, but I'd say Daredevil. You know, he. Filled the costume, so to speak. All right. And then the third point is raspy voice and quasi-kung fu slash brawler <clears throat> fighting style. Yeah. That's where I take issue because I don't think Ben Affleck, because all we ever since The Matrix, mm-hmm. basically, we expect <laughs> we expect kung fu action out of our action stars. Yeah. Uh, Gone are the days of the John Wayne knockout punch. You yeah, know, with one punch, the one side scene. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure I can. Ben Affleck can move like Christian Bale could move, and it might look a we, little. We, we can't accept a drunken boxing Batman. No, <laughs> <for Sam Wayne. laughs> Jackie Chan as Batman. Uh, drunken hey, hey, yeah. possibly a better Batman. Who knows? We know. So yeah, I, I don't know, but I mean, since the '80s, they've they've kind of done the uh, League of Shadows story backstory on Batman, as opposed yes. to the, the uh, what is it, the '60s, '70s detective comics, where yep. he he was sort of the one hit, you know, mm-hmm. boxer, you know, the one hit, dude, pow, yeah. you know, bang. Yeah. That's what this movie's really gonna need, I think, is is bang pow, large, colorful. Uh, Sound effect. Sound effect. In a way, I could embrace that if I owned it. Just just accept it um, and go with it. Yeah, I mean, we really could have Matt Damon as Robin, and it would be fantastic. Uh, This is is Zack Snyder has earned his directing chops. Yes. He's done some great comic book movies from other people's source material. Now, the question is, can he take an original story, something that's not appeared on a comic book page, and make a movie that is pretty much universal, universally among fanboy culture loved? Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced he can do that yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. Because when you get a comic book, the directing is done for you. It's literally storyboarded out. All right. you have to do is shoot it. Yep. I mean, the script is pretty much wrote, wrote itself too. You know, I don't, yeah. I, it's to a certain extent. You can you can have bad writing as far as the you have to find a way to, speaking, you have to find a way but, to cram it into a two two and a half hour movie. Right, right. But most of the most of the actual storytelling and how to shoot it, how to make it look, is done for you. Yep. Um, and I know he's done a lot of movies, but again, can he can he do that level of blockbuster? Because if this makes three hundred million dollars. It will be a failure. Right. It's going to have to make $750 million 
for it to meet the expectations that we all probably have for it, or I should say that Warner Bros. has for it financially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there's not a whole lot of source material. I mean, like, there are the, I think, the world's finest comics. Uh, from I know they're from like back in the seventies, but they had a lot of Batman Superman crossovers. There is actually uh, there's a cartoon Batman Superman crossover, mm-hmm. and not that they use that story, but yeah. I think there's enough old source material you can kind of look at it and not screw it up too horribly. Hopefully, yeah. I, ho- I hope so. But again, I'm not. Yeah. Can you think? Because w- when you think of X Men, you can think of probably I would say three or four big X Men storylines that they could easily turn into a big movie. I mean, right. To yeah. do one. Yeah. Uh, when you think of Spider Man, you've kind of got some of the same things. You have like that big story that's occurred. Batman, Frank Miller, the Frank Miller Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Been done, yeah, a but, lot. <laughs> but, but that is a story that, when you think of it, now there is no Superman v Batman story that I comes up off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you could do a Superman versus Batman. I mean, it's, it's the, the, that's where, what the fans want, probably. Not to jump into Marvel versus DC, but where Marvel does it right is they have characters that have abilities and another character that can offset those abilities. Mm-hmm. With DC, you've got Superman who can do pretty much anything as long as there's not Krypton around and there's a yellow sun to charge him up. And you've got Batman who's pretty built, can kind of do some stuff, maybe has some kryptonite on him so he could fight Superman. He's got but a bad su- back. He's got a, he does have a bad back. that broken once or twice. But, I mean, you can't really throw, you know, somebody that can do anything against a normal human who's, you know, a little better built. This yes. is, this is, this, this is yeah, the critical a, character flaw. You and I yeah, talked so about this a lot. Yeah. That Superman ha- can do literally anything, including circle around yeah. the earth till he goes back in time sometimes. Aww. I mean, yeah, let's not have the circular conversation that's, that's, on that though. Yeah. <laughs> we could go back let's around on that. Superman's time travel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But do you guys, do you guys think it would take, could they go, um, less Nolan? I don't want to say that, but less serious on their tone and it would make the movie okay with this or do you think they still have to stay in that tone that they've already built like cause I think I, they gotta stay in it because they've already done it with Man of Steel it yeah. is it is that tone it's very close to, to Batman as far as the, the yeah. tone in with the last Dark Knight trilogy in the most recent movies you pretty much have to stay serious because if any if you even remotely stray into not serious yeah people are gonna be like oh Schumacher Batman huh? uh, that's yeah, the route that's you true. went and it's gonna be like nobody wants to watch that. See, I was thinking more like Fantastic Four, but no, that's not that's a horrible oh metric. But but you know what I mean? That's a movie where they tried to kind of be serious half the time, but it was but they had they walked that line. They didn't walk it well. But there's, I think there's think, not enough. Um, it, they didn't lay enough groundwork for this to take that sort of Avengers sort of uh, what, what do you want like a, a jovial gym. sort of uh, yeah. yeah you know comedic nature where they're all sort of playing off each other because they didn't have their background stories you know we're right. not going to have a background on Ben Affleck as like, Batman like we said no I don't think I, everybody knows what Batman's backstory is you know at this point it's been so played and out it doesn't it, it doesn't really have a, a comedic side to it no know? no yeah it's it's pretty pretty bleak I mean it's yeah how do you joke about you know having your back broken or your parents getting dead and it's there's nothing we're all laughing right now superheroes <laughs> line up whoever hasn't had their back broken and parents killed please take one step forward not so fast Bruce Wayne <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna, yeah I was going to say about the only thing you could do with Batman is maybe take it the, the womanizing route for Bruce Wayne and maybe take some comedic value from that there but was really, there was a little I mean, of that yeah exactly in, uh, in Dark Knight uh, yeah exactly yeah. but that's about all they can do with it and how far can they go with that you know yeah, no. 
don't know, maybe, maybe. I, mean, I, I suppose now, so that, now that I think about it, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents uh, killed. Uh, Superman's parents killed when Krypton blew up, so maybe they can spend 30 minutes in the movie cuddling with each, each other. other. Cuddling, having, a, having you know, a... Consoling each other. I love you. Hugging. hugging. I love you, man. I it's okay. It'll be... Uh, maybe get the... What's-his-face that did the notebook to come in and oh, write a script. Yeah. Maybe that's what... Maybe Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Now, I will that's say why this, he was going to be Batman. It's probably a better choice than Ryan Gosling. Yeah, uh, I would. You know, this yeah. Ben Affleck, I can at least see angry. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen Drive yet, so I can't see... Brian Gosling, Gosling being yes. angry, although it's on my Netflix queue, so yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. I don't know. I just, I think that it's going to be, for poor Henry Cavill, a bad second outing. Yes, I, I agree. Um, speaking of things that could have a bad second outing, uh, there's been some sophomore slumps in the uh, past few years. <laughs> like uh, no, no better sophomore slump than Duke Nukem forever. forever. Yes. Why is he trying to shoot poor Miranda Lawson? Oh, I don't think he's trying to shoot her. He might be trying to shoot Gearbox software for releasing Duke Nukem forever when it should have probably stayed buried. But is he getting like a reach around? Uh, Rusty trombone? No, he Ryan. Like, I believe that's your hand. I swear. Oh, I know you were painting them pink. This but is the first time I noticed that. <laughs> that's not Me too. His hand. Yeah, I never paid attention to that. I just thought it was natural that it okay, just so. reach up. I thought he was where, a little where jointed. Where is she? It's, it's, she's got the hand like that. What? Is, that is actually his hand. It's just a bad shot. Um, job. That's what that is. <laughs> I can tell by the pixels. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so so what? anyway, so back on topic. Yes, sophomore slumps. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever is our 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 poster child here for this. But really, what we're referring to is anything that. Um, has basically had a great first outing or a first outing that was was uh, deemed good by fans and then had a second outing that wasn't so good. You know, like, uh, I would say Spider-Man 2 is actually probably not really into that. Some say Halo 2, Chris. I, I, is, I would, I, like, to me, Halo 2 was, was very truncated. It was very... It was very two towersy. It was to get from one to three. <laughs> he said two towers. <laughs> not, that, not that two it's towers is terrible. Two towers. Yeah, but, but it's it's you know you know two towers. I can sum up in like three seconds. No, oh, third movie. Okay, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> They've taken the Hobbit Stars and gone. They've taken the Hobbit Stars and gone. Never that's, that's mind two towers, the right? uh, the epic the the saving of the you know what we we'll no. just argue about <laughs> it later. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a short. <laughs> you probably didn't like Empire Strikes Back either. No, oh, like, whoa! Like Empire Strikes Back was, was fine. Yes, was, was fine. fine. Was fine. Was fine. Oh man, fine. I would say the, the what issue, movie that no, some people no, no. call the greatest of no, no. the, yes. the issue, trilogy. The issue I have with Empire Strikes Back is Empire Strikes Back took Star Wars, the story that they had with Star Wars, and Lucas realized that Star Wars nobody liked uh, Mark Hamill as the you know the lead <sighs> hero guy. And so they were like, well, uh, let's switch everybody around. Now Leia likes Han, and we'll just make, uh, we'll make Luke and Leia brother and sister. And, you know, we'll just kind of consider that whole makeout scene in the first movie just, you know, creepy. They didn't know they were brother and sister. And then we'll throw in the twist where Luke is, is Vader's son, and then Leia is Vader's daughter and uh, I, I thought the, the script was written on that yeah I did too I well I, honestly I would say Mark Hamill's acting chops between uh, New Hope and uh, Empire were like pfft, like he no, must have no, he, he got really good between if, the if two if you go back and you watch the original Star Wars versus Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. they completely changed 
oh, yeah. the way they, the characters were set up. They, they split them off so that Han and Leia and that what? group stayed together, and they but were kind was, of a main it was, story. It was always supposed to do that. Though. It was tangential. Yeah. yeah. They, was it? Yeah, yeah. They had the they had the three, and then uh, somewhere around when they were filming Return of the Jedi, he wrote uh, the other screenplay for one, two, and three. Not the ones we ended up getting, though. Yeah, those were written much later. Hmm. But the the story was always supposed to be that Vader was. That's that's his, not what I'd heard. I mean, not that not that Vader wasn't supposed to be his dad. Somewhere that, out there, <laughs> there's a fanboy at his keyboard. <laughs> Just, oh, these guys are I know, yeah. really about the yes, Let us know in the comments <laughs> below yeah, yeah, if we were right or wrong. If only we had a device that was connected to sort of all the information in the known world where we can look. Some interconnected network. We don't have. Ain't nobody got time for that, Stanton. No, but. But, for instance, I would say you could probably take the sophomore slump and say the whole Star Wars trilogy was the first outing, and then maybe the next trilogy would be the sophomore slump, where he tried to reinvigorate that. Yeah. Stanton's looking at me like, there is no next trilogy. What are you talking about? <laughs> did, did they film <laughs> more after no, 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 I have a legitimate sophomore slump for you. Okay. And I've asked him to be here tonight oh. so that we could club him okay. with our DVDs of signs and oh. the village oh. happening. But unfortunately, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong <laughs> could not show up. Or, or I should say, wouldn't wait, wait, wait a minute, call. he might show up later. What the twist? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a better movie than yes. happening. Oh the my trees God. Are, no spoiler alert. The trees are killing people. It's that retarded. <sighs> Dude, they're killing me too with these allergies, man. <clears throat> That's basically what it was, it was except for the allergy caused you to everybody. want to kill yourself. Yeah. But then he, then he goes and he makes a, a girl Some in the water agree. and redeems, right? Redeems. Lady in the water. Lady in the water? Redeem, redeem, redeem. Yeah, no. then he no. makes totally it. does it. And he made Last Airbender, and all the, <laughs> those fans of that oh, loved that, it. That was, that was <laughs> a great that movie. film. Yeah. And then, uh, but he, no, he won some awards. Sarcasm. <laughs> what? No, but, you know, the reality is that... That movie that he originally made, his <laughs> name is escaping me right Six now. Sense? Six Sense? Six Sense. Holy crap. Or Unbreakable. He's made so many bad movies that I can't remember. He, did. he the was good on such one. a good streak. Like, Six yeah. Sense was, a, was good. Um, I liked Signs. Signs was pretty okay. Other than the water. Kind of I mean, the, you know, the, the, the yeah. twist. It, yeah. yeah. Water, what, the twist. what happened with him, it seems like, is that he had such good luck with Six Sense and the twist. And everyone's like, you're such a great writer. I never saw that coming, even though he telegraphed it the whole movie, which is a good twist as you telegraph it the whole movie and mm-hmm. you don't see it coming. Uh, it is that he tried to incorporate that into literally everything he did when he should have just said, what well, would make a good story? What well, would make it right. be interesting? Rather than having a twist, just tell us a good story. And then direct it. And for some reason, people keep on giving this fucker money to (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think this generation has played out twists, though, right? You know, we started with Fight Club, and everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah, no spoilers on that. That movie's way old. But, you know, you learn that he's the freaking Tyler Durden. He is Tyler Durden, you know? He is the person that, that cultic personality almost, you know? (laughs) The twist has been kind of played out. You know, you almost expect it. Like, I went into the village expecting a twist, and I kind of got it halfway through. It was like when I when I watched The Happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it, too. I was, Mark I was Wahlberg. Like, 
I well, and I knew that the trees were killing people before I saw it, so I was basically watching it to see just how bad the movie actually how was. How did you get there? Right. Yeah, uh, and it's it's not even really a twist. It's so like Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher that kind of like through the whole thing is like using my scientific knowledge of being a high school science teacher. I've determined that trees are slaughtering people. Yeah. You like know? somebody else wouldn't figure this out at this well, point. Yeah, it's like... just... All right. So who else has uh, sophomore slumps? Because I, I've got one and I didn't even play it. Oh, Bioshock two. Oh, I would, so I would not say Bioshock one. And it, it was like everybody's favorite. Okay. Everybody was talking about Bioshock. And yes. How awesome yeah. it was. And then they did Bioshock 2. Okay. And I did not hear nearly the same good reviews. I would not actually give that a sophomore slump, although I think it would commonly be uh, pushed that way for people to, A, that didn't play it or that started it. And didn't finish it all the way through because it really picks up in the second half of the whole game. I don't know if you played Bioshock yeah, 2 I, as well. I played, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it starts off kind of slow and you're like, man, I'm back in Rapture. This doesn't really make sense why, you know, like, I felt like that story concluded well in the first one. And then you get in the second one and it's kind of slow in the beginning. Picks up. The story really does draw you in. Yeah. I, yeah, I think a lot of that one really was, you had Bioshock 1 the story going in. So you were kind of expecting either something similar or, mm. you know, something like it, or at least some, some better references to Bioshock one, given the timeline of the game. Yes. I think that, uh, Ken Levine suffers from, uh, a problem that is relatively unique actually in our society right now, which is you did something so incredibly well that it is literally impossible to follow. Uh, you can't do so. Your next outing can't be better That's than true. the first. Um, that's pretty unique. Uh, usually, yeah. people can follow up with something good, or it's just terrible because they just did all made all the wrong decisions. Yeah. Bioshock was so good that you couldn't, no matter what he came out with, you couldn't reach that be, bar. Couldn't that reach set. that bar. Yeah. But that's why he came. But that you know, Infinite <clears throat> several years later, different <clears throat> setting, blah blah blah. Right. Critically acclaimed, loved by millions of gamers. <sighs> Not this one, but. Yeah. Still, again, it's because I'm total Bioshock fanboy. Yeah. I sold into it. I played Bioshock 2, played it all the way through, and it was it was Bioshock-esque, but it could not, couldn't, even from the moment I put it in, I knew I wasn't yeah. going to like it as much yeah. as Bioshock. And see, I, I think actually, and, and I would probably be a, a contrary opinion on this, but I think um, I like the, the story in Bioshock is really good, and... and all the games, you know, even one, two, uh, infinite. I love the story written. I think the gameplay could be better. And I actually go back to Ken Levine's older gameplay when he made System Shock 2, which was made in the, in the late nineties, which was kind of the precursor to this with this gameplay that he had. It was like RPG elements. It was early, um, early FPS RPG melding together in System Shock 2. I think that gameplay was more compelling than Bioshock, so to speak, but, I, I don't know. Would you consider Infinite then the sophomore slump to Bioshock, in in your opinion? No, again, because he did what uh, he did what Warner Brothers should have done with Batman versus Superman. Is they made, he, he made a game that that you know was just a game. He had a great game, and he just made a game, and now he made another great game um, because you have that time separation yeah. there for people for people to get over. 
Bioshock for perfection. Awesome. Well, yeah, it was six years ago. You think about it, like I, it's hard to believe. Bioshock came out in 2007. It's 2013 now. I feel a little bit like this is not a, a sophomore slump, but Mass Effect 3 suffered from the slump from Mass Effect 2 because Mass Effect 2 made such a jump from Mass Effect 1. One. Oh, yeah. That there was no way Mass Effect 3 was going to be able to match that kind of love for Mass Effect 2 because it was going to be dark yeah. because you, you just you couldn't have the story that you had in Mass Effect 2. And, and we can probably go into a whole short about about Mass Effect on, on, <laughs> on Mass Effect 2. Yes, yeah. I thought the story in Mass Effect 2 was really good, even though Reapers weren't really the bad guys. I mean, it was kind of still sitting there. Yeah. But... I thought the way they ended yes. Mass Effect 2, I yes. was like, seriously, Terminator baby? Yeah, Terminator okay. baby thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Anyway, so we, they, we, have, we, they we, have a bad <laughs> final boss. Okay. Uh, but th- this doesn't just apply to movies and whatnot either. I mean, bands can have this. Yes, right? yes. Um, so do you You guys have any examples of, of bands that had uh, the sophomore something? Because this is uh, kind of how it started, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had bands that would come out with a really good first, first album, and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then they release the second one, you're like, what is yeah. this crap? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one that jumped to mind a couple days ago, because uh, I was listening to one of the radio channels, A Perfect Circle. Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> you had, you know, Judith and... Oriestes, Three Libras, Like, great songs. Brenya. And then the next one was a bunch of horrible, horrible cover songs. We still love you, yeah. Maynard. It's okay. It's, it's, it built up a lot of a lot of a lot of acceptance on the first one to just kind of write the second. But one. But he didn't do that with Tool, though. No. You know, Tool had the Undertow was like really kind of rough cut. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what, is it we Anima? got some. Anima was yeah, Anima. The, he got some money. He got some money behind it. Big, yeah, that was, was the big that one. one. Yeah, so it yeah, that was the, the one that defined their sound. So I think we can agree that the sophomore slump exists. Yeah, it just might not be as prevalent. I mean, we're finding almost more cases where. The, the second one was was actually good and defied yeah. the sophomore slump. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a lot of the instances where the sophomore slump occurred, you set out from the beginning to do better than the first intentionally. Like a lot of the times the, the sophomore slump doesn't happen if you kind of accept that the first was what it was, but now you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. I think that actually probably happens the most in music because what, ha- what happens is you write a bunch of songs that people love, and then you're like, man, we got to write a whole bunch of more songs just like that. Yeah. And so your fans pick it up and go, I've already heard this. Yeah, this, this Th- is... That is M. Night Shyamalan syndrome. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't call this sophomore slump. They should call this M. Night Shyamalan slump. It's the shump. The shump-along. It's got the MNS. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So on the on the other side of this, Right, you've got. Uh, I have no idea where I was going. <laughs> oh, on, on the other side, you have a orange diet pop. show <laughs> Oh, that's too bad. It is our second show, so we are. Yeah, on right. Our so speaking of, of so, so this was going to be terrible, is what we're saying. Oh, right. Mm. So the first oh, one, we had that awesome guy hosting it, and then we had that. Now, now we have this guy. Oh, this this guy. guy, beautiful. I don't know. I think the first thirty-five, thirty-four. 58 seconds have been fantastic. <laughs> See? <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> He's already behind um, me on it. But it's funny, though, because where do you consider the sophomore slump? Because this is not really a true sophomore slump. Empire Strikes Back is not a true sophomore slump because that's not his second movie. His second first movie was THX, whatever, yeah. And then, uh, okay, Peter Jackson, his second movie ever was not... Two towers. That's true. No, so true. yeah, but I think it's more about the idea. And, right? and this one, this one, yes, it, Duke Nukem wasn't. This wasn't two. This was three realms is two, though. If you want to put it that yeah. way. And it's the Duke, Duke Nukem, Nukem, 3D. Duke Nukem and Duke Nukem two. Uh, Duke Nukem and Duke Nukem two were both side scrollers. Say that five so, times. Yeah. <laughs> Duke. And then. And, Never. The, no. The three D. So this is the second three so, D. Yeah. yeah. So this is the second three D. So, yep. so you know this is. This, this is the, the second Duke. This is the appropriate reset. The double Duke. Next Duke Nukem game. Next Duke Nukem. It's going to be should only take 25 or 30 years, given how this one's going. <laughs> should be epic, yeah. This was Nuke Dukem. I'm Nuke calling Nukem. him <laughs> Luke Jukem. That's what I'm calling <laughs> well, him. Back. Throwing that back. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much talked this gun to death, you yeah. guys. Yeah. We, kinda, we've kind of sophomore slumped our own sophomore slump. Yeah. Oh, my. So anyway, moving on, guys. Um, <laughs> speaking of sophomore slumps in the uh, games business, we're uh, going to talk a little bit about Sony's marketing strategy, also dubbed by Stoughton as snarketing. Snarketing, because uh, basically what Sony's decided to do is to have all their marketing for the PlayStation 4 just be snark at Microsoft. Uh, it started at E3. Where you are Microsoft. <laughs> I know, thank you. I just thought me put the money signs on my chest, like Microsoft uh, man coming in to save your stocks. You need that job. I know. Uh, so, but what happened is at E3, they basically came out, and we all know what Microsoft did at E3, and you guys talked about mm-hmm. how they've responded to that. Right. Well, Sony, after mocking, essentially, Microsoft on stage at E3 mm-hmm. uh, with their own little videos and their own little quips, uh, kind of had a little bit of marketing dry spell for quite a bit. And then at Gamescom, they come out and then just take a, a gut punch right into Microsoft. Uh, basically saying, you know, oh, we got it right the first time, you know. Yeah. I mean, so at this point, what do you have to sell me? Because the way I see it, mm-hmm. going back to the marketing, uh, since E3, we've heard that They lied about the amount of RAM that they actually have that's useful. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, there was a story that Battlefield 4, which is going to be a huge launch title, doesn't look very, well, as good on the PS4. And then most recently, they just spoiled everything for GTA, GTA 5 fans to the point where they had to apologize and Rockstar basically had to say, yeah, we're pissed. (laughs) So Sony has repeatedly stepped in it and they seem to have to go back to this well of appeasing their fan base Mm -hmm. uh, with this kind of marketing. So the big question out of all this is, does snarketing sell you many more units? Because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, I honestly, it, this is, you know, happened before we had Nintendo and Sega in the past doing this same kind of attack ad hominem, you know, like, Oh, our things runs faster. You know, they had Mario and they have Sonic and Sonic runs so much faster. Don't you want to play fast? That kind of thing and play it loud and all that stuff. They had that, that mentality and never really worked out obviously for Sega. Cause now <laughs> Sega's owned by say, Nintendo. Yeah. You know? no, it was, uh, yeah. uh, Damon who at some point may appear on this. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, he, that was his first thing. He goes, yeah, Sony's bringing that back. You know, we do what Nintendo don't. And, 
And Damon, being the, the Sony fanboy, I withheld, I held my fire, but I'm going to say it here since he can't talk back. That's right. No uh, defending yourself, Damon. Uh, we got gotcha. you. Do you want to compare your preferred company to the company that basically drove itself into oblivion that doesn't exist anymore? <clears throat> Dreamcast? <clears throat> Anybody? Yeah, it's a good system, but it just... Is this on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, do you think snarketing, you're saying... Will that sell you a single more PlayStation 4 than if you... Step in it, frankly, like Microsoft did. Well, uh, so they they said at E3, or they said later at E3, that they went into E3 with two game plans, right? And that they were going to take the exact same approach as Microsoft, but they intentionally put their show after Microsoft to see what the reaction would be. Yeah. And so then they saw, you know, almost outrage over the stuff that Microsoft put out there. Outrage like, is probably an understatement. Yeah, yeah, right. So then Sony said, okay, plan B. And what they did is, and you could tell if you go back and watch that, you can tell they make pointed marks to the Microsoft presentation that had just happened. Nobody does their, their writing that quickly. You know what I mean? Nobody does a whole presentation like this. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they, 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 as soon as they saw that, they had their people, their writers, um, kind of tweak it right there into their plan B, which was to stick with what worked on, on PlayStation 3 mm-hmm. and allow all this backwards compatibility, um, you know, that you get to keep all the stuff you love. And, oh my God, the fanboys just loved it. <laughs> I think it, it is working for Sony yeah. to an extent. Yes. Some of it now, at the now, beginning was funny. It, oh, and, and I mean, do I think that they're selling more PlayStations because of this strategy? I would say in up until maybe a month ago, absolutely. I think yeah. it did work. Um, that day, I mean, it's just from the fact that people weren't buying Microsoft... Right, they were not pre-ordering. Sony was they sold out at Amazon almost a month before the uh, the Xbox. Now we yeah. don't know. Okay, did Sony do uh, Nintendo esque trickery with <clears throat> quantity? With yeah, Sony? making oh, it. Oh, we've sold out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sony, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've they, only they, got five of these available. Order up. Right. <laughs> who, who knows? But they they sold out almost a month before. Yeah, and uh, before Microsoft did, and. I mean, I know just from talking to people that aren't as serious about gaming as as we are, that they were quite concerned about Microsoft and looked at, and just, I mean, Sony made it very easy to sort of jump on the bandwagon because yeah. they did a bandwagon campaign. Oh, yeah. You know, their, their snarketing campaign was, hey, jump on our bandwagon of Microsoft yeah. hate. And we're we're going to give you your games, all your stuff, and you're not going to have right. to yeah. and, jump and through these hoops. It's easy to hate on Microsoft. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from the get-go, before Microsoft even made games, it was easy to hate on oh, Microsoft. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, they sort of built Microsoft that up, and then their, their little, uh, how to, their how instructional to, how video. to share games. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Yeah. That was yeah. the height of it. That yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah. And it, was, it was pretty funny, and, and I think it, it did work for them, but I got to stick by what we said in the video short, and if you haven't seen that, it's up on our, our YouTube, but... Um, <laughs> Why haven't you watched it yet? Right. I see you. We'll we'll wait here. You go watch it. Right. So uh, I gotta stick by that and say that uh, I think Microsoft's plan now, their recovery plan, is working for them better than Sony saying, "Yeah, we did it right the first time. You don't need anything else." Yeah. I think that's working for them better than the constant 
um, snarkiness. They, they do. They have been a, a one-trick pony, so to speak. They ha- they haven't come out with anything since uh, that has really been at least uh, Sony related. Like like, hey, that's headline grabbing. Except for negative stuff. Well, I mean, they've got. I'd say Sony has more uh, exclusives, though, right? But under their belt at their studios. Apparently, it's only exclusives on like indie downloads. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like I'm talking about like Infamous and and those kind of games. Like God of War, they've got more franchises to me that I think are more interesting. Sony does in general, like like. Xbox gets stuck into this groove of it's the Halo, Madden, Call of Duty box that you get all the bros in, you know? Yeah. Um, but like Gran Turismo. Yeah. You're going to sell a lot of units just because of Gran Turismo, regardless of your... Well, I'd say Forza is actually gaining more speed, you know, as far as, as the yeah, the, the credi- credibility of a franchise. I think... Yeah, G- that's true. I think Gran, Gran Turismo 5 took forever to, to come out. out. Yeah. And then it... Uh, didn't really blow everybody's minds like they thought it was going to. Because Forza did like three games in the right, time it took exactly. them to put one the out. The entire franchise of Forza <laughs> yeah. happened between Gran Turismo 4 and Gran Turismo 5. So they just waited way too long. But that's that's one franchise in the in the Sony. And I think you're right. There are more exclusives on, on Sony. They don't sell as well. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, there's, I think they're better quality games. Like, you know, Last of Us has just come out recently. Um, there's all the Uncharted series. There's Infamous is huge. The Second Son coming out. That's one of their big ones they're pushing. Looks awesome. Games look great. But, you know, they don't sell as well just because word of mouth, you know. Right. Um, as far as on the on the snarketing side of this... Um, I think this is going downhill for Sony. I think Sony needs a fresh scoop of something mm-hmm. to make to sweeten the pot here on why why you need to buy a PlayStation Four. Versus, the last gen, yeah. I I mean I said this before, but I I owned all three mm-hmm. consoles. You know, I had the Nintendo offering, I had the Sony offering, and I had the Microsoft, uh, you know, the Xbox. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but this gen. I mean, the the big reason in the last gen to own a PlayStation 3 was, at least at the time, it was one of the cheapest uh, Blu-ray players you could get. Yep. Right. And you got got access to some of, you know, the God of Wars and things like that. Uh, Now, with the Xbox having the uh, Blu-ray player in it, Mm -hmm. Sony needs something. Yeah. They they really do. PlayStation Move is not doing it for (laughs) you. There is no... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not... You don't like colored balls on the end of your controller? (laughs) You're a big fan of balls on your controller. (laughs) But there there is no hardware reason to go out and choose either one of these systems. There's no hardware reason to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I understand that there is, like, one tiny... Like, they're using DDR5. um, But if everyone's programming their games to run off a of DDR3. You're not really going to see a big so You might be able to bump your frame rates at something like that, but your <clears> textures are going to be the same. But again, yeah. it was what was interesting about the Battlefield 4 news was that because Battlefield 4 was written on PCs that were basically identical to the Xbox One, that and then you switch that over to PS4, it doesn't look as good. I mean, it's... It's, it's not just simply a spec issue. The Blu-ray thing was an advantage. Um... I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. But you're right. Sony has to do something <clears throat> other than take 
shots at Microsoft mm-hmm. to make people to make the casual person yeah. want to so buy what, it. What do you think they could do? If, if we're just going to mm. table talk that okay. a little bit, what okay. do you think they could put out there that would make you go, damn, I might have to do some considering yeah. about yeah. A, a PS4? Uh, for me, I don't know that there's really a whole lot of anything that, you know, I, I don't own a PS3, so I, I you know, I I would have liked to maybe have played some of their exclusives, but I'm not, you know, so into it that I went out and bought a PS3 and played all the exclusives and stuff like that. So I'm not really drawn into the PlayStation 4 exclusives because, you know, they didn't, I've not they played... They didn't hook you on the early Yeah, yeah I've not played in the early stuff. So I, for me, I don't know that I've really heard a whole lot of anything. I mean, I, I'm interested kind of in the in the indie side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it would be pretty interesting, especially uh, being able to put your own games on there and stuff like that. But both of them could do it. It's so I mean, it's not really yeah. a big draw. To yeah. Sony, yeah. Sony, Sony had that as like a feather in their cap, and Microsoft just kind of plucked it out and said, "Hey, we got the same, same thing. We can do the same yeah, thing." Even though it yeah. may not be the same thing, and it may take a while for them to put it together, yeah. uh, Microsoft is not letting Sony get away with having a hardware or a built-in software ex- like thing that you have to go get a PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I heard that the um, the Twitch. Uh, the, the TV? partnership, Twitch TV, right? With yeah. Twitch TV was going to be uh, originally that was a Sony. Yep. That was you know they it designed was. their controller with it, a share button on there, and then they built it into uh, the Xbox framework as well. So <laughs> that, that you mean was, Twitch doesn't want more money? <laughs> no. Right. But, <laughs> no. This is a very good thing for Twitch. Not to get on too much of a tangent, but think about it. Before this next gen, yep. How many boxes in your house are Twitch compatible? Just your your computer, yep, really, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You got to so, buy all the separate, right? So there's only going to be, you know, their their market penetration of how many households are they really in? Not very many. Yeah. Next gen, it's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be true. enormous. Yeah, yeah. So it'll meanwhile, Stan's going to have to upgrade his internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I think that uh, if I was if I was Sony, uh, I would just pimp the hell out of my exclusives. Uh, I would, if personally, again, I'm like you, yep. I never played a PS3 exclusive from this last generation, and I don't feel like I missed anything. You missed a lot. Uh, did I really, yes. though? What did I miss? I mean, I know Last of Us uh, has been popular recently, but I think that if you didn't play Halo in this last generation, you missed out you on kind of a defining game of this generation. Well, I would say it's the defining game of the last generation, too. Well, the only game, yeah, the only game Halo that I think that um, maybe was a little bit of uh, generation defining would be God of War. Uh, it, yeah, that was really. the tail end of PS2, though. I mean, that was kind of like that was that swan song of PS2 to bring uh, yeah, in. Yeah, I know. So this is this is the way I say that that was that's the only game where I feel like I kind of wish I had played that game. Metal Gear. Yeah. Metal Gear Four. Yeah, but now you can get Metal Gear on yeah, on Xbox. Four, they're starting. Yeah, they're yeah. going to start continuing on. So that's not really. I would say the Uncharted series. Um, oh yeah. In yeah. my opinion, Uncharted series Heavy is Rain. worth it. Heavy Rain was a. a a defining uh, game of the generation as far as a, a story, playing so a story. We have, in this scenario, what's happened is that there are very few exclusives, AAA title exclusives anymore. Um, they're just, there's not. There, there may be a couple, but really the only exclusive, true exclusives out there are Nintendos. Yeah. And 
supposedly they've got a system out. I it's got the U in it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so like he's right here because uh-huh. you look at you look at Halo. Sony's answer was Killzone. Well, right. Destiny, right? Now. Destiny's going to be everything. Yeah. 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 yeah, but Killzone was not nearly the level of but it, but it was Sony's answer. answer. Yeah, it was yeah. Sony's answer. You know, future-based, lots, lots of planets. You now, if Killzone looked like what it did in... Uh, the latest iteration. Well, I mean, I was going to say in, in the, the original trailers we saw before the next, uh, before Xbox and PS3, or Xbox 360 and PS3 came out and they had those trailers and it was like the full motion video and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be playing this and it looked phenomenal. It never looked like that. I right. mean, they just, they use CGI to make everything look fantastic. There are lists out there if you go look at what Sony promised with the PS3. That, you know, yeah. they, they, when they first came out, they're like, "It's going to do this, and it's going to look like this, and here are the games are going to play." It's and uh, I think was it is it uh, Wired uh, did uh, a big thing on vaporware, and they they had a a thing on uh, PlayStation Three. That, how many that, games came out or didn't come out that were supposed to? Right. Yeah. Right. And and uh, I mean, not that Microsoft doesn't do the same thing. You know, they're like, "Oh, it's going to look like this." And yeah. It doesn't look like that until we're getting ready for the next gen. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. it's all pre-rendered stuff that, well, technically, it should be able to be pushed to this level. Like Battlefield Three looked amazing, yeah, but well, not on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. It looked amazing on the PC that was running ridiculous graphics. You know, they showed and, those and in the looked, trailers. I mean, you could tell the difference between. Battlefield Three on uh, all, three, all three, yeah, and and on uh, on Xbox. So mm-hmm. maybe there will be some of that. I'm gonna say that one thing that Sony should do at this point that would get them uh, at least some consideration from my standpoint is if they made a partnership with Steam. If they did something for digital distribution to go mm. around what Microsoft originally wanted to do, maybe, and offered. Uh, digital downloads with massive sales that Steam does, yeah. if they can pull that off, that is a system that Microsoft has already, they've already sort of backed out of that train. So if Sony can spin this yeah. into, hey, we're doing this, and they say up front, if they do it the right way the first time on this. Mm, yeah. You buy this copy and you can get it on either your PC or a PS3. See, this is what this is what... PS4. Uh, or PS4, sorry. Um, this is what they did with Portal 2. I purchased actually two copies of Portal 2. I got the PS3 copy because I wanted the PC version and I got the Xbox 360 so we could play multiplayer. Right. Got the uh, PS3 version, was able to download it on Steam, the PC version, straight up because of the PS3. So if they do that, yeah, I think that is something that will give Sony an advantage. That, but they've yeah. given no signs that they're going to do something I like doubt that. It. It and, would, it would, and it would have to be worded right. Mm-hmm. Because Microsoft didn't word it right mm-hmm. when they said, hey, we're going digital distribution. Everybody was like, eh, what? It's, no, they're more like likely to use their Gaikai partnership or whatever that they're using with that to stream to stream their backwards compatibility. And that's where I think that partnership is going to come as far as digital distribution. I don't see them... Okay, well, if they, if did, they did, I would. Like oh, a, I'd be all in. If they did something like that, mm-hmm. where they did the big Steam style sales, where you could get, you know, uh, digital. You don't have to worry about whether it's scratched or not, or you know, whatever. It's a new copy that you don't have to worry about whether you're buying a like an EA license. Although they backed out of that as well. But mm-hmm. if they did something like that, I think that would be an advantage. Mm-hmm. It's what's funny though is that they couldn't just say, "Hey, we're going to do it. It's going to be just like Steam. Trust yeah. us." It's kind of like if they came out and said, hey, we're going to have live streaming. 
you're like, really? Are you sure that it's going to be as good? But when they say, hey, we're partnering with Twitch, you're like, oh, okay. All right. That's legit. Yeah. So they can't just say, hey, we're going to have something like Steam. They'd have to come out and say, we're partnering with Steam because they've got the rep that everyone knows what that means exactly. There's not going to be surprises, even though there always are surprises. But You know, one other thing. Hmm. PC to console gaming, that would be really cool. Oh, like the merger? Right. We've been talking about this since Xbox and PS2 days, that when is it going to happen that you're going to be able to have uh, PC gaming, you know, the the vastness of PC gaming uh, player base merged with consoles. It's hard. And and I know in first-person shooters whatnot, you've got, you know, a, a mouse advantage, whatnot, but... You could do this with servers that allow it or don't allow it. But if you said we we fully support it, you know, our systems are integrated enough, and they did this partnership with, like, Steam or something like that, it would make so much sense. And they do it, I mean, they do it now with uh, DC Universe Online, or at least they did. They had it where PS3 players could play with Xbox, and there was, or not Xbox, uh, PC, so there was certain limitations. Like, they had a chat filter on it, so you could never turn it off because they had to, they had to, not kid, kidify it, right? I mean, kidify it the best that they could because you can't, you know, sell that game without having the rating and then setting these certain things up. Like, like typing is hard, you yeah, know, right. with with a controller. Well, they've got, they've, got, they've the, got the chat pads and everything, but the the more we get away with that, the more we get voice communication. There, yeah. I mean, honestly, Sony that would be great for Sony because Sony's infrastructure for for online has been horrible for years. I mean, the chat has been horrible. I've used both. And and the chat quality is just way lower on they're the Sony servers. Yeah, chat. they're still not a party chat. So if they could leverage Steam servers, like you said, I mean, man, that that's a that's a boost for me. I yeah. mean, uh, for me personally, I think I'm kind of all in on all of them anyway because I, I like a lot of the exclusives. Even Nintendo. I mean, there's a lot of games on there that I'll play that I eventually will pick up. Will I buy it day one? Probably not. I'm gonna wait. I got burned purchasing my ps3 um because i got it and wanted to play metal gear solid and i thought i'd schmooze one over on walmart and take it back but i instead of renting metal gear solid i opened the copy that came with and so they said you can't give us back the bundle after i opened it but it worked out for me my favorite because i got so many years of gaming on it but when i originally got it i i made the bundle mistake of opening the bundle ah Yes. So, well, I, I think we pretty much talked this one to death, too, you guys. I mean, it's, uh, anybody else got anything else I want to add to snarketing our, our lovely Sony? On. Yeah, let's move on. Um, we're going to move into a uh, little bit of linear versus open world gaming. Oh, yes. Gamescom. Gamescom. Yes. So, um, somebody had a slide in there. Somebody had a slide. Yes. Um, so, you know, right now there's uh, there's kind of this gap between linear games, open world games. You either you get shoved into this genre, you either have this very Hollywood scripted kind of linear path where you can tell, you know, you're in Final Fantasy 13 and they want you to run down this aisle, you know, and you just get to the next and it doesn't open up until the end. Um, or you're in something like Assassin's Creed or Grand Theft Auto where it's a uh, complete sandbox open world. Um what do you guys feel like uh, the future is? Do you think that it's going to be one or the other? Do you think we're always going to have this bridge or, or um, gap between the two? you think there's there's going to be more bridging? Um, what do you think? Do you think there'll be more Assassin's Creed's in the future? I, I think you might see 
Uh, I think there's always going to be linear versus open world. There will be game styles that tend more to have, okay, I'm going to go back to this city over and over and over again. There will be always things for me to do there. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be other things where, you know, that city blew up or something. And so it has to be linear. You know, you can't go back or or whatever. Or uh, what might happen, like, a lot of people were uh, displeased with Fable. Yes. Right? Because Fable was corridors. Right? Yes, and, and it, it was, was supposed to be this big open world. Peter Molyneux, yeah. you promised. <laughs> but it kind of was. It was like this weird bridge between <clears throat> linear and open world, right? Because you could go back to the cities and things like that, but it was like you saw a fence and you wanted to jump over it. But yeah. no, you got to walk in this little lane here. So I think what you might see is a linear story that you can't go back to the way it was exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think you might see things more like, you know, fable where you have, uh, you know, the fence, you can hop the fence now and you can roam in a much bigger area and maybe like last of us or um, uh, some of these survival things where it's open world. But they, they still make it corridor because yes. if you step outside the corridor, something happens that makes you not want to go outside the corridor. Right. Like, you know, if it's a zombie game and they want you to run through a, a certain area, if you go outside, maybe it's, you know, there's lights or something like that that attracts attention or whatever. And so, yeah. you know, it's open world to an extent. You know, I, I don't know. I, well, I would say uh, linear... Um, like Last of Us had a very uh, open world feel. Like there was lots of buildings in it, but it was a linear game. Like you could go in and, and go in these sections and it almost felt like you had choice, but in the end they were funneling you. But I think the, the magic in that is, is how they make it feel like you're not being funneled, but you just naturally gravitate towards something. You know, like open world games, it's, it's the opposite where it's like you're just tossed in. And then, you know, for, for me, for instance, like I have ADD, so it's like, I see every little thing and I just keep jumping and I can never stay on task. So linear games sometimes tend to be, uh, I like almost that, that push towards a gra you know, gravitation towards, Hey, this is your goal and everything because I, I get that ADD and want to just do secondary objectives all the time. Just like, yeah. And I think some of it's going to depend on uh, at least not so much in the production, but who plays them. It's a lot of, it's a time sink really mm -hmm. in a linear game. You can get, you know, maybe 15, 20 hours of gameplay out of a linear game. Yeah, max. And and that's that that may even be with free play. Yeah. You're playing the game once or twice. Yeah. On an open world, like I just finished playing Red Dead Redemption. And holy crap. That hundred hours. Open, yeah. Ridiculous amount of time. <laughs> Probably. But I mean, really, the issue you run into open world games is mundane tasks. You know, herding cattle. Hooray, that was exciting. I enjoyed doing that the five times I had to do it. Did you did you speak story. like John Wayne after the after you got off that horse? Yeah, it was <laughs> Like, I just was, spent good, all day hurting cattle. But really, like the open world, like I could have really done without the open world. If they had just had a straight, pretty straight through story, a couple little side missions, I don't think it would have hurt all as much. Mm. So, I, games will probably continue to be open world and will probably gravitate towards open world. Or at least, I think, more kind of what you're talking about, where as opposed to open world, it's still linear, but it's multi-path linear. Yeah. So you're going to get here. But you can go here, or you can go here, or you can go here, or you can go, you know, a couple different paths. You're still going to end up in the same spot. The Mass Effect You approach. just feel like you have more control over how you got from yeah. A to B versus... Yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to with GTA V, because the promise mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's going to be, 
here's your here's your mission, rob a bank. Now, how do you rob that bank? Do you go in stealth? Do you go in guns blazing? Yeah. And then you set yourself up to achieve that objective. Um, going back, let's say Assassin's Creed, that's open world yeah. until you have a mission. Right. Yeah, and then when true. you have a mission, there's really only one path that you can take to get that mission done, especially if you want 100% sink it. Then yeah. you have to go along that path. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't count climbing trees and grabbing feathers as being open world. It's a little bit like herding cattle. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's still it, just because I can run to the objective, whichever direction I want, that's not open world. Open yeah. world is I have to complete a mission. How I choose to complete that mission is entirely up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I like. Like, uh, I think. Uh, most of the Elder Scrolls games do that fairly well. Yes, it would be yes. hard to imagine Skyrim as not open world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, realistically, even in like a dungeon, um, you still have a lot of choices on how you deal with what's occurring in that dungeon. Maybe it's not necessarily about being able to take different paths. It's just that how you approach the conflict has to be completely open. Mm-hmm. And. One of the games that pops into my head that did that really well was, um, if you played it, the Deus Ex. Yes. Um, Human Revolution Human or the Revolution. original. You could stealth mm-hmm. that entire game. There was actually an achievement for not killing anyone in the entire game. You yep. stealth through the entire game. Or you could shoot everybody, or you had arm blades that you could just sneak up on everybody and cut them up. You could play it whatever way you wanted. It still you know, had the same beginning, had the same ending. But you could decide to get to the end exactly how you wanted to. Yeah, they had different paths as well. You're right, that branching path where you could, I want to go through this vent and get in here yeah. and, and hack this computer to get through or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. know, Watchmen's, or Watchmen, uh, Watchdogs is kind of like that, or at least it's supposed to be that open world with a linear kind of path where you can choose to do different things. And Dave Sex was really interesting about that too, because there were like two or three different ways that you could defeat the bosses as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of interesting as well. You felt like, you know, you're like, yeah. And then, you know, when I tranquilized that one boss and he went to sleep and everybody else is like, uh, you didn't just kill the boss? Mm-hmm. And then there's like, yeah, I totally snuck past the one boss. Yeah. You know, and they're like, you, he was freaking difficult. You didn't have to fight him. Yeah. You know, so that Again, was pretty, pretty interesting sure, stuff. Yeah, on that one I'm pretty sure I'd seen like the final boss you could hit with a laser from walking straight into the room, you could shoot them with a laser and end the boss fight immediately. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you could, or you could, you know, spend twenty minutes jumping from zone to zone, as opening yeah. all the electric. And, and it worked in that game because the ending wasn't wasn't quite right there either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what I mean, you you had some more stuff that had to get done. So it was it was interesting in, in that that respect, being open open world, sort of like that. Yeah. Now, Deus Ex was one that I thought was going to be a little bit more open world. Me too. Me too. I thought there would be more rooms that I would be able to go in, Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. You know, one that I'm sort of looking forward to is is Battlefield 4. I'm hoping that there's a lot more buildings you can go in and fire from, and, and, you know, it's not just, well, there's... I realize you're in downtown, but there's this building you can go in, and there's this building. Yeah, where they lock the doors. That is immensely frustrating. You can like this, M302 uh, and you can't break down yeah, the door. Yeah, there's certain... Yeah, this is... It's, it is. You have a building, and you have a building across from it, and you can go up in that building, but you can... There's no way you can get into the other building. Again, except for the fact... That's always frustrating yeah. in games, actually, yep. is that... The environment isn't properly destructible. Like, I don't have to bring down the whole building. But if I can't, 
you know, chop that board open with my sword, in the case of, like, Skyrim or something like that, yeah. or M2, M320, whatever, yeah. um, then that ruins the... Ex- that doesn't ruin the experience, for heaven's sakes, but it does take me out of the experience a little bit. Because I know in reality that your stupid little wooden door <laughs> couldn't stand up to whatever I'm about to do. the Zelda method. It. You're just hacking the signs down. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I need... I, I think that games will become more open world just naturally because you'll be able to program that kind of thing into the game uh, and then they'll just they'll make a, a metal wall instead of a wooden wall. You know, they'll find yeah, a way yeah. to get around it. Well, they have to just because of the sim- simply the amount of assets that have to be created. You know, they're more complex now. I, I almost feel like open world, like you're, you're thinking more as the term open world in my game where I have more uh, flexibility within it, we, as we opposed should, to the actual game. There's actually, yeah, multiple ways we could define this. We could have open world, open objective, yeah, uh, open consequences, mm-hmm. uh, where basically, you know, it was, and I think it was Morrowind for the Elder Scrolls, yes, where you could kill main characters, yes, and it would tell you you, you screwed up, and now you can't <laughs> win. Yeah. But uh, do you want to keep playing? But and yeah. you're like, yeah, sure. But you could kill them. Yep. That, that frustrates the heck out of me. Uh, in Skyrim, I had an experience where I turned into the Vampire Lord and the uh, the the Sun Guard or whatever. I can't remember their name. Top of my head. Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard. Thank yeah. you. Uh, kept on sending soft and squishies at me for me to slaughter mercilessly, and that was okay. Except for it got kind of annoying. I would fast travel into an area. I'd get attacked by three guys that had no business being there. I said, I'm going to go kill the entire Dawn Guard. Or I actually set out to make amends with them because I was no longer a vampire. I cured my vampirism. I show up and they immediately attack me. So I kill every one of them except for like the main guy. And the women? And the children? <laughs> there were no women and children. Well, there may have been women, but there oh, were no okay. children. No but yeah, <laughs> everybody got raped. Oh. Uh, but that main guy, I could not kill. It was literally impossible. That Ugh. took me out of the game. It, yeah. That legitimately made me angry. Uh, on the, the same token there, though, uh, one of the things that I really liked that was open world about Skyrim is... Uh, when I went through, I joined, uh, what were the, the champions or the, uh, what the werewolf clan? Yes, in White yes, Rock, the, right? it's the warrior clan, but I can't remember the name of it either. Uh, anyway, uh, I joined them, cured my, uh, lycanthropy, mm-hmm. and then became a vampire. And then I was like, I need a home. You know, I need a, a nice big space. So I went back to Whiterun, which is like the home of the, the yep. werewolves, yep. and I slaughtered everyone in that town. It was awesome. So <laughs> I could just put my stuff wherever, because in Skyrim, when you drop stuff, it stays right there, yep. especially in, in main areas. Yeah. Yeah. So I killed literally everybody in Whiterun. It was awesome. White Run was my house. Yes. I could fast travel to my house. <laughs> so in that respect, I, I liked it. But that was, uh, I think I would have run into the same thing if it hadn't been so late in the story. Like if the Jarl had still been in White Run, I don't think I would have been able to kill him because he plays a role later. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, w- when I did it, everybody died. Yeah. There was nobody left <laughs> living in, in White Run. Although... Uh, what's odd is the Dawn Guards still attack you. Like, even if you, after you kill everybody, they're like, hmm, it's a ghost town. 
I know. Let's wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) But it is that really that takes you out of the experience a bit. And there's a line that in when with open world gameplay Mm -hmm. where they have to engage you. Yes. And so it's not truly open world. I remember uh, when uh, one of the first uh, MMOs, uh, Ultima Online. Yes. Seeing this for the first time, and I've never been a big MMO guy. But a friend of mine was showing it to me, and he's like, hey, check this guy out. All he does eight hours a day is fishes and sells his fish. And that's total insanity. <laughs> you, I don't know who he was or how much free time he had to do that. He's probably a bot. But yeah, it, no, probably. it was like no. You could chat with him. You could chat with bots. Yeah, it, it was it was legit. It legit. was legit. Yeah, it was legit. I mean, this wow. was just this guy's hobby was was fishing on I all. You can always like set it up. This is what people do in World of Warcraft as well. I mean, you're not. Yeah, yeah they fish. That, that they'll fish true. all damn day off the dock like they would do in normal life. They just fish off the dock for but for imaginary fish. I mean, so that, that, but in a way that's the ultimate open world goal, right? Is to be able to literally, if you want to just herd cattle, you want to, I mean, you want to just go herd cattle, but you could be a scruffy looking nerf herder at the same time. That does nothing to advance the game whatsoever. But that's okay though. In that instance, that's okay. For me, not okay. Yeah. For me, not okay. Because I I don't know. It's just like, I I need an objective. I need something to do and it has to be, it's basically so, tower defense in, in Assassin's Creed. Yeah. It's an unnecessary yes. game mechanic that kind of gets in the way of the story. Yes. But, okay, so, but at the same time, if it's not there, if somebody would Somebody would complain. Oh, this was is an open world. Cattle. You said this was open world, and I can't, can't hurt I? cattle. Yeah. yeah. You said I was going to be a cowboy, but I can't be a cowhand, ranch hand person. Yeah. I think it's good that those mechanics are there. You know, and if, if people want to be sitting there for eight hours a day fishing, I, I suppose, whatever. You know, I mean, that guy's getting his enjoyment out of it. Yeah, that's true. What's the big complaint about Red Dead? You can't sleep with the prostitutes. Hmm. That's, a, that's, well, that's like the big complaint about, I mean, it I seems, thought, I suppose it prior seems to the end of the game, silly. It yeah, was Stalin's complaint. <laughs> why can't I sleep no, no, no. with the prostitutes? <laughs> <laughs> this is a rockstar game. Why can't I sleep with the prostitutes? I'm going to the saloon. To get my money back. Oh, exactly. Geez. My wife's like, you should sleep with her, then kill her and get your money back. And I'm like, that's brilliant. How many hours have I gone? Pretty rough looking in Red Dead Redemption. I don't know that. That's why you lasso them and drag them behind your horse and then leave them on railroad tracks. Did you ever get to shoot? Shoot the pianist for being a terrible. You could shoot a. You could shoot the pianist. Yes. Like See, that's okay. Or start a fight with him. Yeah. Yes. It's oddly enough, oddly enough, enough you can shoot or get in a fight with everybody. You yeah. play the piano terrible. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's. Uh, I, I think that open world really is going to be defined more by open objectives because in order to have a game of any reasonable length. Uh, and quality, they can only give you so many open things that you can just do if you're a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. have to actually, yeah. they have to, they have to say, <clears throat> go kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you do it, we don't care. Yeah. You're going to walk up to him on the street, put a bullet in him, and then deal with the consequences, that's fine. If you want to climb the bell tower, snipe him, that's fine. Uh, if you want to wait till he goes to the sleep, and method, then, right? well, no. basically, yeah. Except for it has to apply to more than just Kill this guy. Yeah. They have to find a way to apply it to uh, recover this, uh, you know, this object. How do you recover it? Let's mm. say it's in a bank, like if you're doing a bank robbery. Yeah. So that's what that's what I want 
Or if it's game. like Fallout 3, mm. you you know, pickpocket and insert yeah. the grenades. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> See, actually, I mean, realistically, Fallout, uh, yeah. and I like Fallout yep. New Vegas better than Fallout 3, right. but Fallout New Vegas uh, was one of the greatest open world games I think I've played, even more so than Skyrim, uh, because it had real world consequences to the faction you chose over another. If you, you sided with, you know, a group of townspeople, then the gang members trying to take over the town were all hostile to, towards you, but you could side with the gang members and then you could do their set of missions. That had real consequences mm-hmm. that most games avoid because Fallout likes to play around with morality tales and, you know, mm-hmm. how you get about your business. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember the end of Fallout 3. I had uh, the the big brute, like the Hulk, whatever his name was. I yes. don't remember. Like Adam. the one that was nice. I convinced him to join me and be my like sidekick. Sure. And so you get to the end and you have to go into this highly radioactive area and, you know, shut down whatever the hell it is. And I'm like, okay, well, he's, you know, completely immune to radioactivity. I'm going to send him in. And the game is like, you fucking chickened out at the last minute. I was like, what? what? He's the logical choice. <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? It's shut down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be mad at me because I didn't go in and do it. I, yeah. Less, I'm more likely to die. Come That's, on. How did you not know that if you went in there, they're like, you freaking retard. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think that's another thing, too, is when they have something that costs a lot of assets, you know, like it's costing a lot of money to make these games now. And if they're going to make it more cinematic, you know, like Last of Us, for example, is like incredibly cinematic, well voice acted in that. They can't like... Uh, they, like, I mean, they, Metal Gear Solid cinematic. Like you'll never see an open world Metal Gear game yeah, ever. <laughs> well, it can't happen. That's what they Metal say. That's what they say. Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, open yeah. world. No, apparently, uh, a little bit of, a little bit of Red Dead too, because you're riding horses around. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they say, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. when, yeah, when yeah. we get there. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, well, uh, let us know in the comments below the show on any of this stuff that we've talked about today, and uh, if you want to reach us, you can get a hold of us at of. Uh, www.facebook.com slash fairly awesome podcast and on Twitter at FAPcast. Thanks, guys.